Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. It is Sunday as I record this. Nothing uh, post-game Saturday because I uh, had a computer that crashed on me. Get this. So I, uh, I watched the game with a couple of friends on Saturday and rushed home to record a post game for you, completed it, started to upload it, and my 15-year-old computer decided that was the exact time it needed to update, and after the update was over, I could not recover the audio file. So, uh, sorry for not having a post game, but this can serve as that, even though it is one day later. My name is Michael Borky. Again, glad that you're with me. Follow me, social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So we will start there. We'll start with basketball, where Auburn kind of blitzed Ole Miss uh, in the second half. The environment was incredible. Uh, Auburn players and Bruce Pearl uh, were overly complimentary in a good way. Uh, after the game, and uh, so the crowd was good. The team got off to a really, really hot start, and it just wasn't enough. So Ole Miss loses 91-77. Rebels gave up 56 second-half points in the game, had a nine-point lead at halftime. Auburn got really, really hot in the second half. A lot of wide-open looks, though, uh, for the Tigers. We'll get into that more in a little bit, but yeah, Auburn shot... 73% from the field, 63% from three, and was 7 of 10 from the free throw line as well uh, in the second half. So uh, lights out shooting from Auburn, some wide open looks there. Uh, Broom got really hot and and was unstoppable there for Auburn in uh, in the second half especially. Meanwhile, Ole Miss on the flip side, 38% from the field, 29% from three, did make nine of their 12 free throws, kind of kept a minute there for a little while. But uh, Auburn, a really, really good basketball team. It is abundantly clear that they are. But feels like a missed opportunity uh, for Ole Miss in this one. Uh, having a nine-point lead early in the first half, Chris Beard kind of called out his team's mental toughness uh, after this game. Thought that um, they didn't rise to the occasion. They didn't make the, the plays when they needed to, that, that you had guys that were tired and, uh, according to Chris Beard, had guys that were tired and took some plays off even. So he was not thrilled with that aspect of his team's performance uh, yesterday. So again, almost had a, a halftime lead. They shot really, really well in the first half. But the story is it, it could have been more, frankly. It was a nine-point lead, but it could have and should have been more. But rebounding is just a gigantic problem for this basketball team and at this point it's just is who they are they are who they are they're going to have to overcome it in different ways turnovers sec I mean they're gonna have to make a lot of shots they're gonna have to shoot a lot better than they did uh yesterday but rebounding is a huge huge issue that is what 
kept Auburn even within nine in the first half, but uh, I mean, Auburn had 42 rebounds to Ole Miss's 26 rebounds, and Auburn had 14 offensive rebounds, and, and that I mean, there, there's so much that went wrong for Ole Miss, but that is just a huge, huge problem. Getting out-rebounded like that at home, giving Auburn so many second-chance opportunities is uh, is just a recipe for disaster. And then you know how deep Auburn is. They had 36 points uh, off the bench to uh, just eight for Ole Miss. But rebounding the glaring issue yet again for this team, and uh, it came back to bite them, especially because they didn't shoot the ball uh, particularly well. So... um that that is just a glaring glaring issue and and Auburn was a lot better on the block than Ole Miss was and that's kind of a good spotlight on exactly what Ole Miss is missing a guy like Johnny Broom is a is somebody that Ole Miss is missing somebody that you know they can get the ball on the block when they need a basket and he can go to work in the post and and get uh, a good easy look Ole Miss just doesn't have a guy of size that gives you anything at all offensively. Musa Cisse, I know he had 12 points, but they were mostly lobs. He's got no uh, a real back-to-the-basket game at all. They don't run offense through him uh, really in any way uh, as a result. He was good, don't get me wrong. He was good for what you should expect from him. Had four blocks, uh, but only three rebounds. That's just such a problem uh, for this team. I mean, Brandon Murray, who didn't start the game and played 24 minutes, had the most rebounds on the team. Uh, that that is, uh, that's a real issue. But you saw the difference, though. That is what Ole Miss is lacking: is a an offensive skilled big man. Uh, I mean, Jamarian Sharp didn't even play in this game, but he doesn't give you anything offensively either. Uh, Rashad Marshall uh, was, I mean, he had to to play a little, and he, he was unplayable in just those three minutes. It really wasn't. Um, there's no way that you could keep him on the floor uh, after, I mean, it was very clear after just three minutes. So Ole Miss is really lacking uh, on the block offensively. Auburn is not, and that uh, was a huge difference um, uh, in the game as well. A lot of open looks Ole Miss gave up, though. That was something, you know, I I, I didn't play or coach basketball at a high level. That That's something more for the experts, but from from my vantage point, it looked like defensive rotations uh, were really off for Ole Miss. Auburn was getting way too many wide open looks, and I know that uh, they've got good offense, and their sets are good, and they're able to exploit th- certain things and and all that, but man, throughout the course of this game, uh, there were such issues for Ole Miss um, giving up wide, wide open looks uh, from Auburn. I mean, Auburn had Six guys in double figures in this game, but uh, a lot of really easy, wide-open looks for Ole Miss, uh, from Ole Miss given to Auburn. And it looked like there was either communication issues, uh, rotation issues on defense. Guys didn't didn't know. For example, not, not to pick on the individual player, but there was a couple of times where Flanagan, I thought, got caught ball-watching and was down inside where his man was in the corner wide open and, and certainly couldn't close out in time and gave up an easy corner three. Things like that happened way, way, way too old, uh, too much for Ole Miss in this game. Uh, Jalen Murray did not have a good day. It happens. You know, 2 of 12 from the field, didn't make a three-point shot, did have six assists and a couple of steals. But, um, you, you know, it's that happens. The only thing that you hope is that, you know, there's not like a scouting report out on him. 
I don't think that there is. I think he just kind of missed shots and um, lacked a little confidence, and, and Auburn defended him quite well, uh, I, I suppose, as well. But I, I really, um, unless this happens again, I, I wouldn't do anything other than chalk this up to just a rough night. But uh, you're, you're not going to beat teams like Auburn when, when Murray is, is only giving you, uh, what is that, four points. It's just it's not going to happen that way. He's got to be uh, much better offensively for them to win games like this. It happens. You know, he's not going to drop 25 every night. Uh, no player is, uh, is going to do that on a nightly basis, really, except for the guy up at Tennessee. But... Um, off night, it happens, but that is a contributor to why they lost as well. Offensively, it looked really clunky in the second half. Um, you know, Flanagan was Ole Miss's leading scorer. I mean, he was 6 of 7 from the free throw line, had 5 rebounds. But those three turnovers, um, and running the offense through him as as a facilitator, I don't think is the best option. Now, he's very he's vital to the success of this team. Uh, good defender as well. When they get him going downhill at the basket, um, he can be really good there. But but so often, and, and this is both games against Auburn, and I don't know if I'm if I'm missing it elsewhere, or or it's just he was pressing against Auburn and you know trying to do too much almost. But when they when they're running offense through him, whether it's called through him and Auburn's taking other guys away. Or, or he's just he's kind of doing that on his own. Him as a as like a ball handler and facilitator in the offense, it doesn't work. It, it's not his game. It, it, it looks like he's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and is not great. Just taking on defenders one on one, trying to ball handle his way um, to open looks. He's he's a little out of control when he's trying to facilitate the offense and. Ball kind of sticks with him as well. They need to do a better job at playing to his strengths and, and making sure that your better your better skilled offensive players are getting more looks. I mean, TJ Caldwell only played 12 minutes, but may, took one shot uh, in the game. Brandon Murray only took four shots in the game. Jamin Brakefield only took seven shots uh, in the game. Uh, I know Murray was really struggling, but... He took 12. I think that they can do a better job, especially when the offense bogs down, at creating for their more skilled offensive players as opposed to what happened in the second half in that game. And um, singling out one player in a game like that is not fair to the individual player because, again, Murray struggled. Um, they, they gave up way too many open looks. Um, you didn't. Didn't shoot the ball particularly great in the second half, as we pointed out. Only made two threes in the second half. But they can do a much better job at, at being a lot more efficient offensively. And again, Auburn's really good. Really, really good. I assume that Pearl had a plan to take some things away from Ole Miss for sure. But uh, that that was certainly not their best offensive effort in the second half. And I mean, it's hard to keep up with a team that's scoring 56 second-half points, though. So we can talk about offense all day, but... Ole gave up 56 second-half points, so it's an all-encompassing thing. Sharp not being available for the game. They called it a non-COVID illness, I guess. Uh, that also hurts them not having that size, and they had to play small ball a little bit when um, when Cissé was on the bench, and, and that didn't particularly work. It's just kind of a 
all-encompassing thing. And, you know, it's just one loss. They're still 5-4 and four in the SEC. They're totally fine. Uh, a loss to Auburn certainly is not going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. But it does feel like a missed opportunity uh, for this Ole Miss team. We will see now um, if they can recover from this. There's still plenty of win opportunities on the schedule. Next two games are absolutely brutal, though. At South Carolina on Tuesday night. And then at Kentucky a week later. So they have that that midseason bye that everybody's got, so they won't play next Saturday. But at South Carolina, at Kentucky, two brutal games. Now, Kentucky's not playing particularly well at the moment, but you guys know what Rupp is like, especially at 8 o'clock at night. Two very difficult environments upcoming for, uh, for Ole Miss. But look, there's still Missouri on the schedule a couple of times, an opportunity for two wins there. You know, Georgia's good, it's on the road, but certainly a winnable game. They have A&M at home, they have Alabama at home. Mississippi State is a team that that got absolutely smoked. But, I mean, you know, their fans and their team is going to be jacked up for revenge, but still, there's winnable games left for Ole Miss on the schedule. Certainly no reason to panic whatsoever, but got to figure out a couple of things after uh, getting beat by Auburn on Saturday. The... Bad weekend got even worse for Ole Miss sports as we transition over to baseball. Uh, the, the news broke Friday night. It was confirmed by Chase Parham on Saturday. Xavier Rivas tore his UCL in a scrimmage on Friday. The left-handed pitcher was going to be the game two pitcher for uh, for Ole Miss, and uh, you know the word came out quickly that they had a, an open scrimmage. Some people were there. He threw a pitch, caught the pitch that was thrown, caught the ball that was thrown back to him and immediately uh, said a word that I can't repeat to you, but one that I, I certainly understand where it came from. He felt the uh, the injury. Uh, people that were there said that he openly said that it's done. And sure enough, uh, Chase Parham confirmed on Saturday that uh, he will be out for the season. Uh, brutal loss first for, for the, the, the young man. You know, you hate it for the kid. He was getting ready to, had a really good end of last season, buried in a bad team was his improvement at the end of last year. Everybody around the program expected him to take a step forward. He was going to, you know, be a day two starter in the SEC. Uh, A lot of great things going for him in a few weeks before the season starts, two weeks before the season starts. uh, He tears his UCL and is, I assume, going to have to get Tommy John surgery. That's just um, incredibly unfortunate for him. It's a big loss as well for the team, though. Again, uh, got he, he was much improved by the end of last year. Uh, the expectation was he was going to make a big step, uh, according to um, people close to the program. He was up to 93, and his slider uh, was improving. He developed his changeup this offseason, uh, was uh, making a lot of strides, and now Ole Miss is going to have to replace him. Who do they replace him with? Uh, I mean, they have a lot of options. Uh, I, as I understand it, uh, Kyler Carmack was going to be uh, like pitcher number four, so he would have been the midweek starter. The Arkansas State transfer uh, apparently has a really like high quality changeup to go with this fastball that gets up to ninety six. Um, spent some time in the fall developing a, a third pitch and a slider as well. Maybe it's him that just kind of fits seamlessly into that role because he was expected to be uh, the the guy that, um, again, was going to be the fourth starter, if you will. So maybe it's him. 
but uh, we will have to see how they manage it from here. But that is that is just an unfortunate thing uh, for many reasons. Unfortunate for Rivas, unfortunate for Ole Miss. It's just uh, all around bad. Now, their pitching depth is going to get tested. I trust Mike Bianco with pitchers. I think that um, despite what we've seen post-national championship, I think that they have a chance to still be good there. Uh, we'll see if they can actually pull that off, though. So we'll get to the good news, though. It wasn't all bad. There was good news this weekend. After I tell you, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and you're anywhere in Mississippi. absms.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. Again, anywhere in Mississippi for all of your office technology needs. Check them out. Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. So there's likely one in your backyard. They make you their priority with our online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to do everything you need to do with your money at Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. Bank with me at Priority One Bank. So Ole Miss football got good news this weekend. Corey Amos, the four-star linebacker from Louisiana, became Ole Miss's first uh, commitment in the 2025 class. They had junior days this weekend. Uh, a handful of them went to the basketball game, I believe. And uh, Corey Amos is the first recruit on the boat. Again, four-star linebacker from Louisiana. Uh, that's a really good start to the 25 class. It's almost like that Pete Golding guy can recruit. Imagine that. Uh, and, and he just continues to be on an absolute tear on the recruiting trail for, uh, for Ole Miss. So there's good news to wrap up your weekend. Uh, they got a really good start to the 2025 class. National Signing Day, I believe, is this Wednesday. Isn't that crazy? National Signing Day is this Wednesday, and I don't expect um, any commitments for, I mean, maybe Southern Miss does, but for, for us on the show, I don't I don't think we're going to be able to talk about one player on signing day. Maybe State gets one, but it, it doesn't sound like that's on anybody's radar. The calendar has dramatically, dramatically changed. We will do a live stream tonight, so be sure to check that out. If you miss it or you don't want to, it'll be uploaded right here on this feed for you tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and making the podcast a part of your day. And I'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow morning with the uh, live chat. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.